All right, hi everybody, this is Warren from Plants and Animals. This is music A to Z. That's right, A to Z, all the letters, all the music, A to Z. Listen to it, don't be stupid. Welcome to the Music A to Z podcast. I'm Steve Ferguson. And I am Douglas Ferguson. So, Doug, how's it going? It's going okay. Uh, I'm a little sniffly. You know, it's hay fever season. Oh, man. Yeah. But but I'm making it through, you know? Yeah, I'm keeping, I'm keeping on the old keeping on. You're keeping on keeping on? Yeah. Like first aid kit told me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Congratulations so far with uh, continued on with your Beast Wars Wednesday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And, and that seems to be going very well for you. The show's uh, doing better than ever, actually. Or the uh, the season two premiere, which is, which you know, is this, the season two premiere of, of Beast Wars. We're reviewing them episode by episode. Sure. Was one, is one already one of our best uh, our best viewed videos, actually. Or at least best viewed, definitely been on the best viewed Beast Wars Wednesday. It's definitely got the most traction the fastest. Mm. Didn't quite carry on to the next episode, which is a little confusing, because... It seems like that one with being coming of the Fusors is like a lot of people's favorites. So I would have thought that tons of people would have tuned in for that. But no, Aftermath has got way more, way uh, over double. Sometimes it's really hard to predict this kind of thing, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Is but still by far the most viewed video by like by multitudes is the Ali hasn't seen the Lion, Lion King. King. Yeah, I saw currently at seven point four k views. That's strange because when I checked it, it was seven point one. So I mean, congratulations on jumping up uh, some more. It it I think it's like it's actually getting views faster now than it was before because it seems like it wasn't that long ago. When I was like, oh wow, we hit six k, and all of a sudden it's a seven and a half. Seven and a half, yeah. So that's great. It's yeah. almost too bad though because like people are are watching that one, but they aren't watching the others. You know what I mean? It trickles a little bit, but definitely like not to the same extent. Um, yeah, like the, the but you can see the, some of the numbers of uh, like the next ones, Mario Bros, and then the one reboots after that. Their their numbers are going up, but it's definitely a lot slower. Mm. Yeah, but that's okay. You know, the audience is building slowly but surely. We've got 191 subscribers now, so nice. Yeah, that that uh, subscriber rate's been climbing up too lately as well. So it's all those Transformers fans. Well, we're tapping into a few different markets too, right? Yeah, so, but we we had this discussion where it's probably not the retro game fans because no, 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 no. Here's what I've discovered. Yeah. Okay, so this is <clears throat> this is the difference between the the actually the retro gaming community mm. has actually opened their arms fairly par- positively to the content. Okay. Um, it's but it's the more modern gaming community that is like <laughs> they haven't. She hasn't played that or like you guys are lame or you know like it seems like yeah something about the 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 there's certain there's certain subreddits of video game fans that are are more positive than others which is interesting mm. and I, I don't know i've i've yeah i found it to be kind of an interesting uh interesting kind of finding the niches of uh the the, the slices of the internet that are more positive than others <laughs> it's, it's weird it's a it's a weird place out there no kidding anyway that's where I'm at. <laughs> Why don't we hop into some music news really quick? And 
and that I think I think we were both extremely surprised that uh, Gorillaz announced a, another album so quickly after mm-hmm. after Humans. Mm-hmm. How long has it been since, since Humans? Is that like last year? I want to say it was like it, it had to be like last year. Yeah, I feel like it was. I think like it was just out when we went to Sasquatch because mm-hmm. that was one of the things that made me go like, hey, maybe we should revisit the the first run through the alphabet for for that uh for our break between uh between alphabet runs mm-hmm. because yeah it was like okay well if gorillas have a new album then everyone does <laughs> <laughs> well basically right right you know and i feel like i shouldn't have been too surprised because gorillas albums seem to come in twos not necessarily in you know like proper studio releases but they seem to come in twos you right, because they have the, well for the first couple albums it was like the the album then the B side collection yeah and then it was Plastic Beach in the fall yeah which are sort of complimentary albums but I gotta say the uh, the opening singles for this one or the you know, there's a few songs that have been released on YouTube I saw two yeah, uh, one had yeah. an official music video the other was just a visualizer yeah first off Lake Zurich which I think is a phenomenal song that's a great song mm-hmm. and then the also uh, great song Humility which. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised, but Daniel, our brother Daniel had already seen it, and he said, did you notice Murdoch looked kind of weird? I was like, yeah, I just assumed it was a different style. He's like, no, no, it's not actually Murdoch. Murdoch's in prison. It's Ace from the Powerpuff Girls. They bought the rights to be able to uh, to do this crossover and use it. I don't know if it was a matter of buying the rights or, or just reaching, you know, agreement, oh. but I mean, like, Gorillas and Powerpuff Girls are in the same universe. Very bizarre. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. So it's not so it wasn't Murdoch. No, it's not Murdoch. Because he kind of had green skin as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well whatever. <laughs> Murdoch's in prison. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> the songs seem pretty promising actually. Definitely a lot less jarring than some of the songs that came out with the release of uh, or the announcement of uh Humans. Yeah, I mean and again we were, you know, we wanted to like stand up and say, "Oh, you know, just uh I you know I, I did I, I do feel make... like I gave it the benefit of the doubt and yeah. and again like there's some great tracks on there too mm-hmm. there's no use pretending that I didn't like any of it like that one where 2D and uh, Noodles are dancing on the dance floor the thing is yeah I I watched some Powerpuff Girls but not tons of Powerpuff Girls because yeah. I, was, I was kind of just outside of that demographic I think I, I I was fortunate enough to have younger brothers who were within it but there was also like a it's not like we were like ah TV. Forget it. I mean, there was a lot of other stuff we were watching, too. So it was really yeah, a matter yeah, of yeah. time as well. Because, I mean, it wasn't long before. I mean, uh, I watched a lot of Dexter's Lab. You know, I was I was familiar with the work of the Tartofskis. And, I, I you know, I, the, the Powerpuff Girls episodes I did watch were actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I had a good time. But, yeah. Okay. Fascinating. So they there's the crossover we never thought we'd see happen. Uh, it is so strange, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It is so strange, yeah. Ace, you said? His name Ace. Is? His name is Ace. Hmm, okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually very clever marketing because now, like, any time they put out a music video, I kind of want to, like, I kind of want to see if they drop in other Powerpuff Girls. Like, some, you know, like, you just kind of want to, you're curious. Him? Yeah, him. Yeah, uh, I, that, for some reason now that makes the most sense for them to cross over. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, if him and Murdoch were in jail together and, like, bunking and, like, occasionally, like, you know, noodling around. <laughs> sure, noodling around. <laughs> oh, yeah, pun, pun, uh. More or less intended. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so folks, uh, check out Lake Zurich and uh, Humility. It's on YouTube. It's a good old time, and we're looking forward to it, Gorillas. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Don't let us down. <laughs> yeah.
Well, if anything, opening they tended to have very very strong opening singles up until uh, up until humans, where they didn't have a very strong opening single, at least musically. So I mean, like, good. I welcome this. This is good. This is exactly what I want to uh, I want out of Gorillas. No, I, I think now the only other uh, release that uh, has been announced that I'm super stoked for that I can think of is the uh, Brave Station one. But yeah, I guess it's it's pretty pretty niche at the moment. Yeah. But you know, still we love you, Brave, Brave Station. So Brave Station, we're looking forward to the new album. And you know, it makes me wonder, like, how much impact did our podcast have? Because I was like, oh, you guys got to release a new album proper. Like, oh yeah, you got to do it. And now, next thing you know, well, I guess year yeah, or more, so, yeah. more later. Uh, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. When are you guys coming to Vancouver? It's not that I don't think they ever will. If anything, like maybe like now's the time. But like, I'm not surprised they haven't yet mm. because. To ship everything across the country is pretty expensive. I think they have to figure out, like, they have to determine if there, there's the, enough fan base there. Well, damn it. I know, I, I know. <laughs> I don't we're, care. We're, I want to I know, I know. And, you know, at least we know that we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it's, uh, we're, you know, we're trying our best to build up the fan base. Damn straight. Yeah, we're, so, okay, yeah. Everyone spread the word. Check out Brave Station on Bandcamp, Spotify, and uh, wherever else you can find your your wherever else you find your music and look brave station i know you guys did it once but i still don't understand why you then again took down your older stuff off uh you know for purchasing i don't understand it guys you put your stuff back up yeah did you know i noticed in their announcement they're like they, they called the new album their debut album I'm like what i'm like that's not true that is not <laughs> true you can't say that <laughs> what don't you dare don't you dare turn your back on giants and dreamers <laughs> well like why it doesn't even make sense but all right. Although I guess they they seem to have lost one member, so maybe they're looking at it. Well, from that oh, no, 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 because that happens with bands all the time. That doesn't mean Look, that the I'm past just... discography doesn't count anymore. <laughs> that happens all the time. Come on. Look, I'm just trying to make excuses. <laughs> for them, okay? yeah, I'm not. <laughs> and actually, that is related to uh, the band slash group slash artist that we are covering today. We are going to listen to. The majestic, the angelic Grand Hallway. say that is that without drawing on too many uh similarities grand hallway seems in a lot of ways like broken social scene in some ways music composition like some of broken social scenes more down tempo stuff but more so in their approach towards making music now if you go to wikipedia's entry it has current members and it has past members 
This is not really accurate because if you go to Grand Hallway's homepage, which is on the Tumblr account, and if you go to their Facebook page, they do not make that distinction. Uh, by they, I'll say primarily Tomo Nakayama and to varying degrees, Jeremy Kepping, or perhaps Coping, Kepping, I think. They seem to be the two core uh, members, uh, Jeremy being a producer and Tomo being the chief songwriter. But uh, everyone who has been a member of Grand Hallway in the past, uh, as far as official channels go, is still in some ways considered a member of Grand Hallway. Again, again, you know, the Wikipedia entry makes a distinction between past and... But the, this is the only so, uh, source I've gone to that makes such a distinction. So, uh, really... So, the idea is more uh, that the project is bigger than the people inside of it. Yeah, although then you could argue that the 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 member, the spearhead of Grand Hallway is, is Tomo Nakayama. But he does not seem really to make that distinction himself. So, it's more like Broken Social Scene and less like Polyphonic Spree. Whereas Polyphonicsbury, it's like, it's that fellow with like tons and tons of musicians who are always coming in and out and in and out. And we're talking about tons of musicians. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. dude has just cycled, cycled through like a million and a half. Yeah, Tim Tim, DeLa- Tim DeLauder, I believe uh, I believe your pronunciation is. He is the focal point of Polyphonicsbury and basically the musicians coming in and out. Whereas Broken Social Scene, on the other hand, you've got a couple core guys, sure. But the Broken Social Scene musical movement is... Anybody who's come in and helped at some point, they are part of that scene. And that, mm-hmm. that is very much the way with Grand Hallway. As listed, the members are Tomoe Nakayama, Jeremy, Ka- I want to say Kepping. I want to say Kepping. But Jeremy with an A. It's interesting. Uh, Eric oh, Newman. Yes. I didn't even notice that. It's Jeremy. Jeremy, yeah. Oh. Eric Newman, Bob Roberts, uh, Alina Toe, Jacqueline Shoemate, Joel Harmon, Kevin Large, Chris Zaish. Maybe. Uh, Esther Shin. Zashe, maybe? Perhaps. So, yeah, sorry for the, all the, the botched up names, everybody. We're, that's just just how we do here on the Music A to Z podcast. We, we tr- we're trying. We're really trying. <laughs> yeah. Shenandoah Davis. Brian Wright. Aaron Othheim. Chris Early. And Maria Manistu. Uh, and they are based out of Seattle. However, interestingly enough, their two biggest fan bases are through the U.S., which uh, which Tomo attributes to very aggressively playing music festivals, and Japan. Actually, they have a huge following in Japan. Not 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 really that surprising, but well, I mean, if we can get a following in Japan, I guess. Oh, uh, whoa, ouch! <laughs> no, 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 oh, that sounded way more like a put down than I would. <laughs> but uh, okay, yes, yeah, sorry. Continue. <laughs> And actually, to be honest, I was, I was going to say it's not surprising that they acquire such a fan base through touring, uh, playing festivals aggressively, because that is how we discovered Grand Hallway. It is. So it was uh, Sasquatch 2007. Yeah, was our I'm, pretty first sure, year. I'm pretty sure it was 2007. I, yeah, I think so. It was our first year. Uh, it was a very good year. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I bought a lot of music at that that particular year i, I mean th- there's music. bands we're still following uh that we found there today mm-hmm. actually one of them we'll be covering next week yeah. or, or next episode which... next, next episode yeah and um, uh and ones that we covered in the past like ghostland observatory that's correct yeah uh and grand hallway was uh grand hallway if i recall they were playing on the oh i don't remember the name of the stage but it's the one that's like bigfoot or yeti yeti i want to say it's the one that was up at the, the lawn you know uh yeah not, not the it was the one that wasn't overlooking the canyon 
It was the one near the back. If and I it's and it's not the same space as it was before. Or no, now now it's a little different than it was at that time. True. It's a bigger stage now, actually. True. But I think that one was called Bigfoot. Mm. I think it's the Bigfoot stage. Mm-hmm. But it could be the Yeti. But it's definitely not the Sasquatch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it was uh, it was the middle of the afternoon, and it was a time where, you know, I think everybody was just kind of chilling out and uh, sitting on the lawn and stuff, and, uh, I mean, Grand Hallway. I remember just being so uh, so impressed and so chillaxed and just uh, just really getting into it and uh, having to go and buy their, their first album, which I guess technically they were touring for just, uh, just right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Along with, like, a million other albums and, and stuff. Unfortunately, I will say on my part that there was a lot of albums I bought that were really high-energy stuff. A lot of the synth heavy stuff and a lot of rock rock heavy stuff that I was buying too, and unfortunately, Grand Hallway hasn't gone a lot of plays. I'll be honest on my on my iPod. Certainly nowhere near as many as a lot of the other artists that I picked up. Do I regret buying the CD? No, not at all. I think it's it's great. Um, but it accomplishes and throughout throughout uh, the discography, it kind of accomplishes something a little different. It's 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 really nice stuff to just to just have on. Say if you're doing you know uh, I I'm certainly only speaking for myself, but like if I'm if I'm doing the dishes. Or you know, if I'm just having some some music on, just uh, just to kind of you know, just kind of chill and uh, and do my thing and and have in the background, or as opposed to like having the headphones on and like you know you know steepling my fingers and leaning forward and and like uh, you know this production, you know, oh I gotta listen to the way the layering's done and stuff like that. You know, it's it's not there's nothing challenging about it, uh, but it's 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 super super pleasant stuff. I actually find that. Uh... When I'm doing housework, I kind of prefer something more high energy myself. Um, but but this was really nice because I listened to it uh, again, obviously, for the podcast. I've been trying to go for walks a lot more. Mm. Yeah, I got to burn off my uh, my when I worked at a, I worked at an office job for about six months uh, at Shaw. And I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to burn off my Shaw love handles oh, wow. that I developed over over my time there because I was sitting around so much. And uh, and so far, I think I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so I've been work, walking around. I live right by a park. I wa- walk around the park, um, which is, you know, a, depending on which route I take, it's a good 40 minutes, um, which is a perfect amount of time to listen to an album. Mm. Yeah, I've been kind of doing my, my music as head research, walking around the walking around the park. And yeah, I gotta say, walking around Central Park with uh, with Grand Hallway was a real treat. Mm. It was really nice. It was a, it was a nice. It's not like a high octane exercise kind of uh, album, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, it's not, not not one to run on the treadmill to, hmm. but for a walk around the park, does the job just nicely. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go back to the chores for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, guys, buck, I, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. We're going back to the chores. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually very curious what uh, what people in the audience think about this because. Um, I get in a state of agitation when I uh, when I have to do chores, mostly because the mess is ninety percent of the time not mine, and I'm cleaning up after other people. Well, Steve, um, so let me tell you one thing for here between you and me. Yeah, but you're not alone on that. No, I got you. I got <laughs> no, no, you. No, no, but like, like I'm telling you right now, from from my like, I'm definitely not just cleaning up my own mess a lot of the time. Mm. Although, okay. although, uh, in fairness to you, though, mm. I'm given that there's children involved. Um, I'm sure the messes you have to deal with are far worse than mine. Mm, that's interesting because the, the the direction I was going was that I kind of need like something to like like music to uh, to kind of bring me down from a state of agitation oh, to have a okay. calming yeah. effect. Oh, okay, so or, you you need a, you need a, you need music 
that's going to like rub your back and just go, everything's going to be okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That, that's, okay. that, that's, uh, whereas if I had something like really, really high energy or whatever, you know, it would just kind of like feed the agitation. I, I wouldn't like get pissed off, you know, oh, this music's too high. It, it would just be like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, or conversely, I'll watch, uh, I'll watch, um, you know, some comedy stuff. I've been watching a lot of, in order, a lot of the UK whose line is it anyway. Stuff like that. So maybe I'll have some of that on, or maybe I'll have some Colbert on, or something like that while I'm doing chores. You know, because the laughing releases some tension too. Whereas I don't really need to feel that way. Because today I, I was uh, I was also reorganizing some books, but that's mine, right? So I didn't really feel like super agitated. You know, it's like ah, these damn. Ah, it's not a hundred percent true though. Last night, mild tangent. I'm putting Andrew, my twelve year old son, to bed. And now something had been bugging me in my bookshelf. I felt like I was missing something, but I couldn't immediately place it. And I discover one of my books was like splayed out on this floor and like bent and like, you know, and just like, Uh, just like a little on the mangled side. It was a, it was a compilation I had bought in, I want to say San Diego years and years ago. Uh, It was, oh yeah. When I went to Comic-Con with, uh, with Brian. Oh yeah. Yeah. Back in like 2006. Uh, 2005. I want to say actually, it's the 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 best time travel stories from the short stories from the 20th century. A nice little compilation. Now, for the record, if Andrew wants to read that and want or like read that, I have no problems. If he comes to me and says, you know, I'm bored, I want to read something kind of cool, you know, or you know, can I read this or whatever, I'll say okay. But then like to find it on his floor and mangled and stuff like that, that kind of pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, that that makes me pretty mad. Oh, you know that Kids A compilation from. Curtis Finley's comics and stuff like that. He's a destroyed that book. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, I, I mean, I, I told him, I told him, I can't go to the store and buy another one. I think actually there are a few kicking around in, in various stores, but I mean, you gotta go looking for it. And possibly Curtis might have more, but I mean, there was it was personalized to me because we backed him on Kickstarter, so I was a little, I was a little offended because again, if he wants to read it, that's fine, but he would read it and fall asleep, and then he would rip like while he was asleep, he'd rip the spine and stuff like that. Oh my god. I'm, Okay, where was I? So, as you can see, I get in a state of... Uh, so, yeah. So, again, a state so of Grand Hallways really come through for you. Grand, so, in this case, you know, I plug in the Grand Hallway <laughs> and stuff like that. You know? Okay, wow. So, that's, yeah. so, Doug gets nice little nature walks, you know, through the park with Grand Hallway. I get a chance to, like, kind of, like, de-agitate. It sounds like a washing machine. You know, doing doing chores and stuff. So, there we go. It does sound like a washing machine. I, I just imagine, like, you're just like... <sighs> so you open up a washing machine and you just, like, jump right in and close it. <laughs> just, just, just jump in that washing machine. <laughs> and you come uh, on, you're like, man, I really needed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whee! Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways. Back to Grand Hallway. Uh, again, because I had only listened to the album only really a few times, I had not kept tabs on their career and their discography. I hadn't I hadn't really kept abreast as to what they were doing. Had you? Um yes, I well, yes and no. Um I had got I, I purchased I think through CD Baby. Mm. Um cuz <clears throat> it was kind of hard to find physical copies, but uh their their second album, Promenade. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, then after that I kind of lost track. So uh I didn't I didn't fall off the rails. Although I kind of I kind of checked up on it a little bit later. I remember that. But yeah, I guess one of the reasons why I kind of was uh, wanting to do the Grand Hallway for this episode was like, well, just because I've, I've used this this show as an excuse a few times to catch up on some musical acts. Yeah. Because I'm like, I was like, well, now, I mean, like, look, I got I to gotta make myself follow up on these guys just to see where they've been. 
And so, so here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? You know what? Good suggestion because yeah, this was the opportunity that uh, that I had to I, uh, yeah to uh, to catch up on on some Grand Hallway as well. I can't believe how long it's been though. Even since the second album, like that was two thousand nine, and mm-hmm. like I'm like I'm like it's it's twenty eighteen. What? What the hell have I been doing? <laughs> like, I mean, I've, I mean, obviously, I've been listening to music, like lots of music, but uh, man, it, it just so many, so many bands just fall through the cracks after so much, after so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think maybe, maybe it's like one of those cases where the longer you're away from them, the harder it is to get back in. You know? I think so. I think yeah. there's a degree of that. Yeah. Because especially if you get, get a huge back catalog, it's like, oh, geez, it'll take me forever to catch up. I don't know, but but at the same time, like. I don't know, I do sometimes like feel like a very personal relationship with some of these bands, especially like when you find a band like Grand Hallway at Sasquatch and it's tied to like such a positive memory, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So why don't we cover basically uh, that, let's go back to that first album mm-hmm. uh, that we had picked up. It's called Yes Is The Answer. It came out back in 2007. Back, back in 2007. Oh, back in the day. Back in 2007. Let's talk. What did you think of, uh, what did you think of Yes Is The Answer? No, oh, I hate it. I just hate it. how dare you sorry i haven't dropped that one in a while Uh, you know it's it's funny you you say that now but whenever i listen to back episodes i seem to hear you say that a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i feel like but i feel like it's been a little (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) yes is the answer yes is a uh it's a delightful delightful little album um actually not even that little it's actually got it's pretty substantial in like it is yeah um maybe that's to its detriment actually because like if, if you were because you were saying you don't listen to it that much mm-hmm. part of me thinks that maybe if it were a little shorter you'd listen to it more i think you could be right because although it's 12 tracks we have uh the last track's almost seven minutes long uh and we have a good portion of songs that are running five minutes Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it you know and it it adds up, but at the same time, like it's not like I, there's any obvious tracks that I'd go like no, got it's got to go because yeah. you know it's all really nice. Like uh, I mean, obviously there's some some high points. I Seward Park, not exactly the opening track, but no. uh, because there's an introduction, but but really it's like the first proper song is definitely like one of the highlights. Like it's it's and I think. I think that's the song that we heard them play at Sasquatch too. I'm pretty sure. And I was like, sure I was like, mm, you know what? I think I want that album because it's it was just so it was just so it just it's just a song that kind of sweeps over you and it got a very it's, it's got like, it starts off very slow but it's got a very dramatic like spike at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but yeah, this this uh, album very piano driven. It um, it dances an interesting line. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it is that. It feels like a real nice mishmash of genres. Uh, there's some orchestral sounding stuff, some chamber pop, some jazz elements, mm-hmm. um, but like that slow kind of piano jazz. And at the same time, yeah, chamber pop's a, I think probably one of the best descriptions for it um, because it has it has a sort of big baroque sound, but but the songwriting is kind of like an alternative rock kind of format. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like yeah, it's a it's a real crazy mishmash, um, which I like. I like a lot. Some very emotional sounding songs. Um, one minimum wage is another one that stands out uh, to me. Minimum wage killed my baby. <laughs> it's like, especially like when when that one came out. Mm-hmm. It was it. Well, I mean, the state of minimum wage in in BC where we live uh, was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. like <laughs> it was uh, it was eight bucks an hour, 
and it was in a state of freeze. And so it was like, it was eight bucks for so long. And, and, uh, at the time, like you, I think you, you were still working for Simplex too, but yes, I was. Yes. Anyway, we were working for a company that's not too keen on giving raises and you know, they're, they're like, like, like uh, a lot of, like a lot of entry level service. Yeah, jobs. it's true. Yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. big corporate jobs. Like they just, yeah, I, I just remember that, uh, I was, I was like a supervisor plus I was like a projectionist and, and, uh, and I was just making like nine bucks an hour or something like that. And, and to, to, to hear like minimum wage killed my baby. I'm like, Oh, minimum wage. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it's little things like that. They really, uh, really connected with me. There's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of love, a lot of romance in this album. And, uh, I think that. It holds up really well. It holds up really, really well. Even though it's it's uh, over ten years later, it doesn't feel like anything from two thousand seven that I can think of. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a very special album. It isn't one that you really listen to a lot, but it's one that's really nice to revisit. It's like it's like that that friend that you know you don't hang out with all the time, but you're like, oh, they're in town. I should make some time for them. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that's that's actually really good. Yeah, no, it's it's. When you mentioned that it doesn't really sound like anything in 2007, I mean, yeah, the the idea being a Sasquatch was that everything was sounded so fresh, but this even sounded different from the stuff that was being played at Sasquatch. And I gotta like, I gotta you know give a hearty uh, hearty props to the organizers of the festival for for including even this, even this, because uh, it was so diverse, it was so different than than a lot of the stuff that that was playing there. Yeah, there's I- a lot of stuff like I mean, you know, helio sequence minus the bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tegan and Sarah, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it was all like good stuff, mm-hmm. great stuff. But it was, but it's kind of more, more energetic and more, uh, you know, guitar, bass, and drums and and synthesizers and mm-hmm. yeah. I, I know. I don't know if it's because they're from Seattle, so uh, you know if that has any bearing to it. Because it's like, oh, you know, you're just a couple hours away. Come on down, sort of thing. Upon listening to it again, I was, uh, I realized that you know, not listening to it regularly uh, or. N- as, uh, more than I had previously, I was doing a bit of a detriment to the album because it is actually a really charming album. Like there's there's a lot of charm in there, and there's a lot of emotional gravitas. It doesn't sound like he's floundering at any point. And interestingly enough, actually, he has a uh, Tomo has a very almost similar starts as White Town uh, in that you know he was part of a band that was really just kind of like a you know like a, a rock band. Asai Asai Asahai Yeah. Can I see? Asahi? Asahi, maybe? Maybe? Yeah, but that was was a rock band. Uh, And so, and then he wanted to kind of like move into into something more, something more full, into something more organic sounding. That to me is is always super interesting when someone starts in one genre of music and then completely moves over into another one and brings a more full sound as a result. Uh, So that stuff is always super fascinating. And, you know, it's it's honestly worthwhile listen. Go through it. Um, as for like standout tracks, that's a little like I think you said at one point. It's a little harder to pinpoint because it's it's more of a consistent, consistent mood mm. and feeling throughout the album. Did you listen to the follow up EP? I did. Yes. Uh, the um, we flew. F. Uh, we flew ephemery. Ephemery. Ephemera. We, we flew, flew ephemera. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It includes uh, live versions of Sewood Park and Minimum Wage that actually sound. Really, really good. Yeah. 
but yeah, yeah, you know, honestly, I felt like this was this was really an extension. So I mean, basically, you got three three. Well, I won't say new tracks, but three tracks that I think probably were developed around the same time as. I mean, I would assume around the same time as Yes is the Answer, but didn't make it into the album, or perhaps they were developed just immediately after, based on based on stuff uh, that they were noodling around with. Uh, you know, while on the road. You know, I meant to I meant to follow up on this a little bit more because Breadcrumb sounds like another one of their songs, and I can't figure out oh yeah one. no 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 i know what you mean because there's there's one that's like uh we lived off of breadcrumbs or something like that uh shoot where did i see that oh sm- smiles through stale breadcrumbs there yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah okay so th- yeah i think this is just a different version of that because they're mm-hmm. really similar it's a nice extension it's it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a nice uh it's it's a worthwhile ep it makes a very logical sense as a follow-up ep and uh and yeah uh, pretty good Pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it's not as well produced. I think there's a there's a step down in production value, but at the same time, the songwriting is is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and as but like it, it's I would say it's not not very essential. Grand Hallway. It's but it is it's a nice sort of like detour. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was only really like a couple years later, and if you're counting the EP a year after that, that follows up with Promenade. In two thousand nine, and I just want to give props now. the The cover art there's a lot of thought put into the design of the cover art. You know, it's so so easy, and I'm not going to speak disparagingly of it, but it's so easy to just do say a picture of the band or something along those lines, right? Or maybe the picture of a cityscape or something like that. Mm-hmm. But instead, we have like uh, we uh, basically it's like sketches for the first one. It's like a sketch of like uh, paper cranes and uh, in what looks like. A mat of hair? Well, it was um, for the cover art of uh, Yes is the Answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cover art was dra- hand-drawn by a Japanese artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, hmm. Hetsuke, Hetsuke Kitazawa. Kitazawa? I'm, I'm sorry again. Again, sorry about that. You can do it, Doug. <clears throat> uh, Hizuk, Hizuk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm, I'm just the worst. That's no, all right. <laughs> Nakayama met up with uh, this artist and... Um, and yeah, I managed to, to get him to do the cover art for his album. So mm-hmm. kudos to that. Uh, as for the 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 album work cover art for Promenade, I didn't see any any notes on that actually. But nevertheless, very nice cover art. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got it does have like a super nice aesthetic to it. So this is the one that you bought over CD Baby, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've I've known this one for a while. I think I think I got it a little bit after two thousand nine, but it was it wasn't wasn't too long after i've had it for quite a while um yeah and it's <clears throat> it's a very logical follow-up mm-hmm. you know a lot of the same sounds uh i mean it's worth noting that uh his voice i think carries a lot of the identity of their music very much um, so because it's a very unique voice is very light and genteel and and uh yeah so like this as long as he's he's there as the main vocalist it's gonna feel like grand hallway mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, musically, there's a few. It takes a few different directions. Um, definitely scales back the piano in favor of guitar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I guess it kind of it kind of has a lot of the same uh, qualities in that. Like, it is hard to like pick out a lot of uh, like really standout tracks. Like, I know I the thing is I, I look at the tracks and like. I know I've heard them. <laughs> and then when I hear them, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really nice. The exception might be Usagi no Uta, 
Uh, simply because in that one he sings in Japanese. Mm, yeah. So, okay. yeah. But it does kind of, you know, it goes through a lot of the similar motions. I don't know if there's anything that kind of sweeps me away, kind of like Seward Park did. But there's some really great tracks. Blessed Be Honey Bee is, is kind of a big winner for me. Um, yeah, it's really, really charming, that one. Yeah, I actually, I think, um, to be honest, my observation of the album is that it's not quite as consistent as Yes is the Answer. It starts on a really high few notes, but then it drops down kind of a little more to be to be far more subdued and so this doesn't mean in terms of in terms of like quality but just in terms of just like there seems to be more movements between moods shifting between this and then it kind of goes up back up again and then it it becomes very contemplative at the end instead whereas like a lot of those features you could say for you know are generally touched upon even person in the last album and this one it tends to be a little more localized and a little more a little more focused and as such you get you get kind of far more ups and downs in in this album uh but i mean like uh it's to be honest out of his discography out of their discography out of the discography it probably has the strongest opening be with those first three tracks hmm. i will say you notice that we revisit uh peri perigen 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 uh in this one it includes the subtitle quite a quiet uh but this was a song that was originally on the ep so yeah, the EP kind of uh, just more or less uh, gave a little preview or revisited some some previous material. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I'm all for. I'm all for. If you if you're it's like you know, I didn't quite hear... uh, if I, I didn't quite hit it, you know. And and an EP is a good place to to do that sort of thing. It's a, it's a chance for people also to like hear how what songs um, like where they are at certain levels of development. If you're mm-hmm. if you're like a hardcore fan, you're like. You're like, yeah, I, I would like to hear a new take or or just a different take or an earlier take of that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if I have tons to say about Promenade. Yeah, it's, it's nice. But actually, I found that I come to it, come back to it a little less than I did Yes is the Answer. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And I don't exactly know why, but I th- just think that for whatever reasons, there's uh, I find Yes is the Answer to be more compelling. And promenades, like promenades, great and it's fine and it's, it's still nice music to walk around a park <laughs> or, <laughs> or while I'm or while I'm laying down and having trouble sleeping. You know, one of those albums. Uh, it's nice to visit for sure. Back in early 2011, there was a nuclear meltdown in Japan uh, with the Fukushima reactors. I want to say oh, was that 2011? Eh? It was while I was at the Ridge. March eleventh, twenty eleven. So there was a, there was a tremendous earthquake, then a tsunami, and then you know one of the <laughs> the power plants went down. Oof. So there's a compilation. It's not on Spotify, uh, but it is on Bandcamp, and I have a sneaky suspicion I know why. Um, so basically, it's called Songs for Japan, and it's a benefit. In the Bandcamp page, uh, Tomo writes a long note about. Um, you know, about the disaster and about the, the sort of ties that he has to Japan and the touring that he does and the fan base and, and the people of Japan. And then he talks a little bit about about the, the songs and, you know, what they mean to him and why he thinks that they should, uh, why they're applicable. Some of them are, are new songs, but a couple of them are are, uh, are songs uh, f- uh, from the past. Like Son for an Absent Friend, he said, is, uh, is one that he wrote for Asahi. When he was in Asahi, and then uh, Akatombo is a traditional Japanese folk song. So he he kind of wanted to have a, a bridged song that that showed the connection between him and and Japan. So some things from Japan's past, some things from his past, some new stuff from 
from both. Uh, so he's got this list, basically a six-track album, uh, and all proceeds go to the Red Cross as benefit for, for the disaster of that time, which I can't believe is seven years ago. That's crazy. I'm wondering if that's why it's not on Spotify, so that it remains as something that can be tangibly, not not even tangibly, but purchased with like a sort of a set price, where, you know, Spotify, yeah. it's, it's so, so uh, wishy-washy how much money... Yeah, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to peg because I, I, I just, I don't know how it works. Is that, uh, yeah, actually, I legit have no idea how payment through Spotify works. Mm-hmm. I know that artists can get paid, but yeah, I don't really know. I don't know how the, if, if you get, if it gets broken down by album or if it's just like, here, here go, you got this many plays for your songs, here's a paycheck. Yeah. Um, it could be, it could be that. No idea. As for the album itself, it's fa- it is fairly, fairly good. It honestly is. Um, it's it's a little more eclectic, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's quite a diversity in sounds, but he still manages to tie it all together and make it fairly unified. So it doesn't sound doesn't sound garbled or, or jumbled up. And as much as there is there is you know uh, a sense of the tragedy in the songs, there's still like a degree of hope. He's not here to make music that's a downer. He's making music that inspires. Uh, but this time the inspiration is is very very tangible and very very pointed into what what he wants done with it so i mean if you get the opportunity go in and go in and take a, uh, a listen to it it's uh it's it's quite nice and the sentiment behind it is is quite nice as well yeah you see he to be releasing quite a lot during these these few years it was pretty consistent i mean you could get bank on a studio album once every two years basically mm-hmm. uh so winter creatures in june of 2011 yeah, which is deceptively short because even those nine tracks. Yeah, they're yeah, they're shorter tracks for the most part, except for North Cascades, which is almost six and a half minutes, and then the last two tracks are five and a half minutes. When, well, when I listened to it, it didn't it did not feel like it was work to get through it for sure. Yes, it, yes, it was uh, it was a nice nice breeze. But yeah, I guess yeah, Winter Creatures. Yeah, the, apparently this one was a little more difficult to record. Apparently, uh, this one required many more cups of coffee. They had gone down into uh, into Portland, Oregon were which had spent days and days and days and days weeks even with coffee and whiskey and and uh the occasional break to go to go play apparently they played baseball stars two on the nes um on the nes oh wow yeah and if, apparently, i would not have guessed that winter creatures was an nes fueled uh adventure <laughs> yeah uh tomo's grandparents died and there was a, there was a lot of personal tragedy stuff going on and this, this the creation of this album was was frantic and almost a frantic mess which is strange and ironic because this album is very relaxed and and it really has a really nice atmosphere to it which they which they acknowledge let's say you know it's 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 interesting that this is the this is the end product of those sessions yeah man i i, I actually i didn't know that i wouldn't have guessed mm-hmm. I, I i actually really liked it the thing is Full disclosure, I mean, I've had time to digest Yes is the Answer and Promenade, but I, I actually have only listened to Winter Creatures once through, mm-hmm. um, which uh, will definitely not be my one and only time through because I, I listened to it last night because you're like, are we going to record? I'm like, <laughs> are we do it or what, man? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> so so I had to, uh, and that's why I, was, I guess it was almost a relief that it, the album wasn't super long. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely a really good first impression. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit different sounding. Uh, I feel like it's a bit of a st- departure from the last two. Not like a huge departure. There's a certain smoothness to the first two albums that is sort of knowingly 
it's, it just allows it. This album allows itself to be a little edgier. Mm-hmm. There's certain sounds that are just just a little more harsh. Uh, again, uh, definitely a lot less piano. Uh, a little bit. It sounds a little bit more like an alternative rock album. Um, but like, but at the same time, again, this is sort of like in the details. The in the grand vision is still grand hallway. Um, and that is, it's still very gentle and very nice and relaxing music to listen to. But this one just has a little bit more of a roughness around the edges, um, which I actually like. I actually think it's a good step. And, and actually off, there's a few moments of, uh, experimentation that I think, I think work out really well. Uh, fourths in the, in the song fourths, that's one of the ones where it's sort of like, there's this like sort of false ending and, and then there's a little bit of a, a sort of, um, jaggedy sound when it like comes back in and yeah stuff like that so it's 2011 so i'm definitely late on this game but <laughs> I, I do actually really want to visit this one again uh i actually i kind of looked around for some physical copies um see because i got the first two on cd so i was kind of looking maybe to get this one on cd but i can't i can't really find can't really find it i think maybe by this time the 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 compact disc ship had sailed Oh, actually, maybe, maybe, but there's definitely an LP. No, it's LP. Yeah, which is you know, it's cool. It's cool. I How like... much? Ten bucks US? It's actually yeah, pretty, 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 pretty affordable. Yeah, and there's only only five hundred on black vinyl. Well, I might look into that a little bit later. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a, a nice step in in a different direction, but like a baby step in a different direction. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely want to listen to this one more because. I, I, I don't feel super qualified to give a, a really decent analysis. All I can say for sure is that, like, it definitely kept my attention for the nine tracks. And it was, I, I don't recall any weak points. And there was a few points where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is good. This is a little, just a little different. Just mm-hmm. a little bit of a different flavor. I got to give massive, massive props to Tomo here for... I mean, we've already mentioned that he's he's kind of like the driving force behind it, but I mean, he is he's an amazing multi instrumentalist for this album alone. And I think this really helped contribute to the different sounds that you hear in it. Here's what he's credited as: vocals, guitar, piano, bass, drums, pump organ, mandolin, vibraphone, mellotron, synth, tack piano. I don't know what tack piano is. Uh, timpani, harmonium, glockenspiel, percussion. Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. I mean, a lot of those are percussionists, but I get it. Like miscellaneous, it's just like. You probably like a like a triangle or something, you know, where it's just like it's such a small thing. It's just like we're not even going to bother listening. But I mean, between him and Shenandoah Davis, I'm sorry, they've they've got an insane number of instruments, but they still wanted to bring people in for the viola and the cello and the upright bass. Even with all those instruments, there seemed to be a push of we can do more. We can do more. We can do more. We can let's see how far we can push this sound. So I mean, dude's playing like freaking twelve instruments, and mm. other person's playing like like seven. And well, you I'm know, assuming he wasn't playing. No, not at the same at time. Once. I know. <laughs> He's one of those one man marching bands. He's like, okay, we're good. can we please get this in one take, guys? <laughs> can you imagine? But there was there there was still a push that we can bring more people on and we can we can really flesh out this sound and I think you can hear that in in this through and through that that there's there's no there's no moments although there's moments of rest there's no moments where they're just like all right just hold on a sec 
okay, let's go again. You know, sort of thing like that. It's all just, it's all just one organic full sound. And I think that is the strength of this album through and through. Uh, and I think, and that's from the musical side, from the lyrical side, absolutely. Do I hear, do I hear, uh, emphasis on, on family? Absolutely. Do I hear emphasis on, on mortality and life and, uh, and contemplations of, of, you know, am I real? am I doing all that I can with my life? You know, do, absolutely. I hear a lot of that sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's a really good full fleshed out album. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic high point of, of uh, their careers. So there's the Horses single as well. Yeah, which, Horses, uh, which came out in 2013. You know, it almost seemed to tease. Uh, if I if, if we were in 2013, in summer 2013, and saw this come out, I would say, I would say, I think this is teasing for another album. Well, what this is, uh, I don't know if you, it's, uh, it's from a film. Yes, yeah, because well, he had done uh, yeah. quite a few at that point, which I'll get into right after. But apparently uh, he was actually in this film as an actor. Although I think there's more than one version of it. Mm. There's one that's credited to him as a solo artist, and there's the, and then there's this Grand Hallway version. I think I prefer the Grand Hallway version because it's a little more full sounding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I actually I really like Horses. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great a great track. Very I, there's something that was very moving about it when I listened to it, and also like it's just got a really good vocal melody. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it, it. It kind of almost caught me off guard because it sounded just like. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a short little, it's a short little single and stuff, but, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'll get into it, into it right now. Um, there was a much, much hullabaloo because, uh, Tomo had met Lynn Shelton, uh, at some point, uh, through very short films and, and stuff that he, I think there was one in particular that he had composed. He had composed something for, and he had met her and then she, uh, was interested in him, uh, I'm not sure in the order in which it happened, but she was interested in him contributing musically to this film, Touchy Feely, with with Ellen Page, and also playing a role. And this was apparently a bit of a, a nerve wracking thing for him because he had never really acted before. Have you ever wanted to kiss someone so badly that it hurts your skin? I mean, you know I love Abby, right? Your energy is off. It's fearful. I need you to fix me, please. You can fix yourself. There is Abby, just let go of your fear and embrace the world. He says you cured him. Thank you. Oh, look what you are doing for people. Something beautiful happened. He very, very quickly warmed up. Apparently, Ellen Page was extremely down-to-earth and a really easy person to work with. The whole set, apparently, was just a really nice affair. And so he, w- he was actually really quite uh, chuffed, I guess, at, uh, at being included, especially because he wasn't really expecting to be uh, included. And um, the article I read, they said, well, hey, you know, you're interested in pursuing you know, acting going forward? And to which he, he was like, well, you know, if someone you know, sends me a script, of course I'm going to look at it, but I'm not, I don't have any, any expectations. Hmm. Now, that being said, he hasn't really acted since then, uh, since Touchy Feely in 2013. However, he has contributed to, there was a short called Bros for Hire that he composed music for, and there was another uh, short called Short Shrift in 2016 that he composed music for. But I haven't seen anything since 2016 on IMDb, at least. But hey, he's got his own listing. However, Tomo, I will say, dude, gotta get a picture up on your IMDb page. There's a picture of uh, him with like the cast of touchy feely but i mean like come on man got a little just a little great great picture thing going on here 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, as well, if we so if we were covering him uh, in 2013, not only would I thought of maybe Horses was leading up to an album, but it's just like, oh, you know, is he going to become like, you know, a more regular composer for films or, or even get into acting? Um, but, you know, since then, we really haven't seen it much. Actually, I discovered last night he has gone solo. I see. So, well, it's it seems like Grand Hallway... As they were, as has uh, has dissipated, although there's no official breakup. Sure. Tomo has gone solo with two albums now. One, Fog on the Lens, mm. from 2014. And that's an irritating thing. Fog on the Lens? Oh, oh man. Bloody rubbish. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Pieces of the Sky from just from 2017, not long ago at all. Because I just discovered this last night as I was, like, looking through some information, which, because there isn't, on Wikipedia, there's no, like, by the way, he went solo. Sure. Uh, and it was through, it was actually through an online store that, while well, I was looking through Grand Hallway stuff, where I, I saw, like, I saw, it was the cover art for this, and I'm like, hey, that guy looks kind of like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and so. You know, that's interesting, because I didn't see it mentioned on the Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I might have missed it. But I didn't see it mentioned on the Tumblr, and their all Grand Hallway's all music entry is shockingly empty. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not actually that easy to find. So here we go, everyone. The 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 latest source your your, your source for for this piece of information is the Music A to Z podcast. There you go. Um. So I I checked out. I didn't listen to anything fully. I just kind of skimmed through a few of the tracks to kind of get a feel of it. Yeah. Fog off on the lens is. Not too dissimilar from the stuff in Grand Hallway, where Pieces of Sky actually feels like a significant departure. Mm. Definitely. Disco, s- hey? Yeah, yeah. He just went all <laughs> in with the disco chips. He's like, you know what? I, I'm feeling like I haven't really... Like, everybody, honestly, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I'm going to make an album that sounds just like them. <laughs> and would you believe it worked? <laughs> Uh, no, it sounds very much uh, like uh, folk, like a very um, kind of a kind of a rich um, folk sound. Mm. Um, again, I, very the lightest of first impressions because it's not even I haven't even given the albums a proper listen through, but I'm very curious to hear them. Yeah, this is sort of uh, his solo stuff is the extension of what Grand Hallway has become, and yeah, that's uh, and and then the, yeah, there's a horses from Touchy Feely that version of it on his uh, on his solo spotify so yeah also also off the grid the other song from the horses ep Mm -hmm. is uh is actually because that one's like the demo version or whatever it's on his first album it's the last track on his first album so interesting there is that that horses ep or that horses single is kind of like the bridge between grand hallway and tomo's solo career interesting i don't know because again there's nothing saying that grand hallway is done and uh and gone they just kind of stop making music. Um, so at this point, it's hard to say if there will be more Grand Hallway or not. But uh, mm. but at the moment, at least he's, he's still making stuff. He is still out there doing his thing. That's good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, should we get into track recommendations? Sure. You know, I'll go first. Simply because you mentioned it, I'm going to lead into it as well. I actually really liked Off the Grid from the horse's single. There was something in the way the vocals were produced. It was different than a lot of the Grand Hallway vocals, but it was it was very gripping. And there was something about, about um, just something about the vibe of the song 
um, and almost almost a playfulness, but by the same time there was a sort of something cautionary about it. I found I I actually really liked it. I actually had to go back and listen to it again after after hearing it. Uh, what an appropriate B-side to to the single of horses, where you know horses evokes kind of like this. Jeez, oh, I I hate to use the word majestic again, but there's there is something quite uh, there is something quite uh, quite large in scale about where off the grid feels a little a little down a little more down and dirty to be honest. So yes, check out off the grid. Check out the whole horses single, and then oh, off a of promenade. That's a little tough. Uh, under the roof. This is this these first three tracks I said through and through really really uh, made the it's a, such a strong opening to to any of the albums and under the roof really rounded that out by by fully exploring the sounds there was a, li a little more guitar there was uh, a little less emphasis on the piano but I actually think that his vocal performance is really what's what stood out on under the roof for uh, for me and uh, what what an what an interesting interesting song uh at five and a half minutes that never drags the composition is strong enough that the song never drags and that it's always interesting and uh and it's a good solid way to end those three i mean like i said then it starts to go down not down on quality but uh the album starts to kind of go go down a little bit more into a contemplative realm but uh this this is also a good bridge into that into that portion and then, uh, yes is the answer. I think I'll do Sedward Park. It's a really, really good song. It was great live. Uh, it's it's got a great energy to it. There's a the the way that the piano comes in is 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 very very noteworthy. It's it's super. It, it kind of makes you makes you sit up and I mean actually to be honest, I kind of wish that I played the piano. Uh, I do get very envious sometimes of people who, who, who can play the piano because you can convey so much, even just just that instrument, and especially when when you're with um, all these other instruments around that are that are highlighting it, or then the piano takes the backstage and the other instruments come forward. I think that is one of Grand Hallway's strengths, and that the song uh, epitomizes that in a lot of ways. <clears throat> I'd agree. I agree. Sedgwick Park is definitely like if you had to if you had to hear one song by Grand Hallway, you know, you're, you're like some young Grand Hallway, and I'm like, well, you should listen to Seward Park. That's that's what I'd say. Okay, well, well, let me see then. Uh, what do I wanna What do I wanna recommend? Since uh... <laughs> see, I thought you were gonna take minimum wage. Um, I you know I guess I could. There you go. So from from yes is the answer. I'll go with uh, minimum wage for the. Uh, for the aforementioned reasons of uh, just kind of connecting with it, but also like just it's, it's just one of the more memorable tracks off the album. Like you know we were we were talking about like how there's not like a lot of like obvious like the, the obvious standout tracks. It's more of a great like sweeping whole of an album. But um, but yeah, but this one is definitely like it definitely goes through some very uh, very deliberate beats and movements and um and yeah just some, some very uh, memorable memorable quotations um yeah so i i definitely recommend minimum wage it's worth it's worth checking out from winter creatures i'm going to go with fourths just because i, I think it's just one of their more their most interesting songs just kind of like yeah there's that false ending and then like near the end there's a very just, yeah, there's a bit of an experimental edge to it, and, and within the, it there is, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of like really rich sounds. If you, if you listen to it, you're, you, you can hear some of the, um, 
like xylophone or whatever it is that he's he's playing. It's and, good and really. Mixed with, mixed with some really interesting percussion. And so, like, fourths is sort of like, I don't know, you, you kind of get a, the sense that they are reaching for something a little bit bigger um, than what they have before. And so, yeah, definitely check that one out. And apparently, uh, between Steve and I, we're both we're going to recommend all the songs from the horses <laughs> from the horses single because horses is another recommendation of mine because I feel like this one's just gorgeous and just has this uh, just uh, just this amazing vocal melody and this really like very real emotional element that really carries it forward. Um, and yeah, so yeah, you couldn't you can't go wrong with that horses single again if you kind of want a nice little sample of. Of the range of Grand Hallway, um, there's there's where you can go. Very cool. Yes, it is very cool. Next week we're continuing. Uh, we're continuing on with bands we found at Sasquatch. Apparently, um, yeah, I didn't even consider that when we were looking at the big bands. Uh, honestly, it didn't occur to me either. Yeah, didn't occur but, to me but, either. It was but a complete you know, coincidence. That's okay because they're kind of on different sides of the scale. So very much so. We are hopping from Seattle, Washington to Portland, Oregon, and we are covering the Helio Sequence. Uh, one of my all-time favorite bands. Groups. So, uh, yeah. so, heads up, guys. It's going to be a love fest. It's good. so much love. So much love going around. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's great. But what do you think of Grand Hallway? What do you think of Helo Sequence? What do you think of First Aid Kits? Why don't you join the conversation and let us know? There's a few ways of contacting us. Our website, Music A to Z Podcast. You can go check out our archives and read up on all the episodes that we have done. Even sort by genre if you're so inclined. Scope us out on iTunes. Please go over to iTunes and find us in the podcast section. Rate and review us. It takes 30 seconds. Please, please, please go over. Just rate and review so that our podcast gets put into an algorithm that then passes it on to other people with similar interests. And, you know, I'm really bad for it too. Everybody is because as soon as you subscribe, basically it just dumps it. Like you get a download to your computer right away. So why bother visiting, right? And we're on Stitcher and stuff now too. So, I mean, though, they, hey, if you've subscribed via Stitcher, thanks. Fantastic. But again, feel free, rate and review us on iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Music A to Z Podcast, where we post articles and we post music videos and we post comments for discussion because we love chatting about the music. Also, very recently, we went to a concert for uh, Washed Out. And while we were there, we tweeted, we live tweeted, we uh, we shared our thoughts and impressions. And uh, although I posted the photos and videos of that to Facebook, the tweets themselves are on Twitter. Our Twitter account is at MusicAZPodcast, at MusicAZPodcast. And there you can check us out, you can tweet at us, you can send us messages, etc., etc., etc. Do you like my voice? Wait till you see my face. <laughs> wow. Um, so I was trying to find the best way to delete it. I like it. I like it. I like um, it. Please check out my YouTube page. If you like uh, video games or movies or nostalgic TV shows, you like Transformers, you like... No, no, not that one. But what about Beast Wars? Mm. Please go to moving underscore pictures, and that's pictures with a K... And check out my work on YouTube. And please, if you can, subscribe because the more subscriptions, uh, again, it's all algorithms, guys. It's, mm-hmm. it's all algorithms. And so, like, every subscription is a huge win for us at this point in our YouTube career. And, uh, hey, I'd like to think we're pretty entertaining. I'd like to, to think mm-hmm. so. I think so. I've watched every episode, Doug. 
Hey, thanks, Steve. Except for like the one that uh, where you guys were doing the Let's Play. I actually didn't watch all of that one. Oh well, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's actually got some funny stuff to it. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's not a, not a bad viewing. You know, because I'm always concerned because Let's Plays can be pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't usually watch them myself. I wouldn't I wouldn't have watched that if I wasn't in it. <laughs> but I, but it turned out not to, not to be a waste of time. It's good. <laughs> But yeah, please, uh, please check it out and uh, subscribe, and it would mean the world to me. Sweet. Anything else, Captain? No. No, I don't think so. All right, then. I am going to close this out by saying, Music A to Z podcast is hosted by Stephen and Doug Ferguson, and is produced by me, Stephen Ferguson. You should check out our other works at DougJCFerguson.com and StephenGCFerguson.ca. 